are now listening to the War Report Podcast Network. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop post-game review. I'm Dylan Lark at Ebola Tank on Twitter, and we are here to recap Auburn's 45-13 win over the FCS Sanford Bulldogs, FCS powerhouse, by the way, uh, yesterday. And Auburn is officially 3-0, as I say every week. Auburn is on pace for that 15-0 record. Uh, but I am here to join the day by Mr. Harrison Tarr, Daniel Locke, and Colin Byersdorf. Tarr, how you doing, buddy? Hey, man, never better. Great day. great weekend of football. I watched from 12 p.m. Eastern till 1.45 a.m. Eastern last uh, yesterday. And, man, it was, it, it was actually a good slate after all. We thought it was going to be bad. And then it wound up being some really fun games. I mean, Kansas, Missouri. And then you got to sit down and, and kind of relax and watch Auburn, Sanford, which we're here to discuss pretty much in depth. Um, and then I uh, wound it out the night with uh, Colorado getting scared, man. I mean, they almost got upset on the national stage. By Colorado State, but uh, that wound up being a pretty dang fun game. So I've got I've got no complaints, brother. And uh, great slate of NFL games today. Yeah, and uh, the USF Bama game was also a very good game to watch as well. Uh, not the ending we wanted, but uh, I'm not mad about how the game ended because Bama looks a little rough offensively. But Daniel, how you doing, buddy? I see you're wearing your wearing your Cam Newton uh, New England Patriots get up. Absolutely. Um, I haven't had a chance to get my hands on one of the throwbacks yet that they're uh, rocking tonight, bringing back Pat, uh, Pat the Patriot on the helmet. Very excited to see that. Um, no more of the abysmal one-shell rule in the, in the uh, NFL. But as Dylan said, tonight we're trying to go 2-0, and and then tomorrow night we'll try to go 3-0 and on the weekend for my teams. But, yeah, just really looking forward to talking some football here right now. Well, Colin won't have that uh, that luxury of watching all of his teams go undefeated this weekend uh, because Colin is a Broncos fan. But Colin, how are you doing this weekend? Uh, I'm doing good. You know, just got my heart ripped out a little bit with that hail mary uh, in the Bron- ending the Broncos game. But we we're good now. We're going to talk some Auburn ball and have some fun. And I think it would be it would behoove us to start off with uh, Peyton Thorne's game that he had yesterday. Uh, throwing for 282 yards, had a touchdown, two very poor interceptions. We'll get to that later. But also led Auburn in rushing yards, 123 yards on the ground, and threw up two touchdowns as well for himself. I mean, we're going into week four of the season, and Peyton Thorne is Auburn's leading rusher with, I believe it's 140 total yards. I mean, well, who has I, whoever wants to open this one up, I won't. I won't jump in first. But there's going to be points, especially since I got to switch mics real quick. I mean, I just never expected to see him run the ball the way he did. I don't think any Auburn fan saw him as being our our running threat at quarterback. Um, but obviously, he kind of tore it up this weekend. Yeah, he was yeah. great on the That's... ground. Go ahead, Daniel. Sorry. All good. He was great on the ground, which was good to see. Um, it's been a while since Auburn just hasn't been one-dimensional as hell. So it's really good to see that, you know, everyone can do a little bit of everything. Um, like we were kind of talking about before we got live here, uh, he needs to learn to slide, um, which is a lesson that every running quarterback has to lose, uh, learn sooner or later. Uh, Joe Burrow didn't learn until he got to the NFL. Um, but if he would figure that out, that would be that'd be good, or that's going to result in some fumbles and uh, hopefully not some injuries. Yeah, I would say uh, Sean White actually never learned while he was at Auburn how to slide. He went knee, he went knees first, and then face into the dirt every time he tried to slide. <laughs> you know, 
you're, you're right. First off, also, guys, give me a thumbs up if you can hear me pretty clearly. My internet's going in and out. Okay, great. Thank you so much. I was kind of worried for a second there that my internet was doing something wacky. Uh, we're talking about Peyton Thorne right here on the college post game live stream, or I guess uh, reflection live stream, if you will. Um, I thought that all things considered, I know Dylan. In a minute, you're going to talk about this was you know, that Peyton Thorne played a great half of football. I thought Peyton Thorne played a pretty great game of football. Um, Let's 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 go ahead and address the the elephants in the room and talk about the two interceptions, just just super super quickly. And and I know you guys are gonna be a little more critical than I am because I'm a little more lenient on that regard. I'll be completely transparent with you guys. I thought the first half play calling was pretty atrocious. Um, uh, I, I I thought the second half looked much much better. Uh, and 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 to Hugh Freeze and their staff's credit, every game there's been a more definitive, defined, fine tuned. Um, I guess adjustment period in the second half where you've seen that there have been team needs addressed in the second half of ball games. So I'm going to take that for what it's worth. That's something Auburn fans should be pretty happy about because that's not something you've seen really in, in an extensive period of time. Yeah. But if you, if, if you look at Peyton Thorne objectively uh, and, and you threw out a stat line earlier, Dylan, I thought this was the game where he could, he, he, he walked into Jordan Hare stadium and in front of a home homecoming crowd showed everyone that I am the QB one for this team for a lot of reasons. Uh, threw the ball extremely, extremely well. I, I understand I, the pick thrown in double coverage downfield was uh, inexcusable. And, and and I'll be honest with you, I'm not overly concerned about it for the fact that I almost guarantee you that he he was sat down, he'll be sat down this week and said, hey, this isn't going to work in the SEC because that's going to be a huge turnover and costly. You know, possessions are so, so valuable in the SEC. And then you look at that goal line stand where he winds up throwing an interception. And I mean, the play calling was bad. I'm not. I'm not saying it's all his fault, but there's there is an element of it's third and goal, and we've ran we've not ran the ball once from the one yard line. If, if you're for Peyton Thorne, right, and, and you're looking and you're like, mm, man, I got to force something. I got to make a play. And 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 there is an element of like you got to cut some slack, but you've also got to be critical, right? There's you find that balance, and that's not a mistake that you can make in the Southeastern Conference. It is one you can make against Samford. You don't want to make it against Samford, but it's one you can afford especially when we talk about this defense here later. And I'll be honest with you, you my sneak peek, I'm impressed right now. Um, that uh, all things considered, guys, uh, Payton Thorne balled out. I mean, he, he played the brand of football the, that all of us were sitting here saying, is Peyton Thorne still capable of playing? He looked like 2021 Peyton Thorne. He, he, he did. And, and that's the guy that, that Auburn fans were, were hoping that he could be. I am 100% sold. Um, on on the fact that this is the guy until proven otherwise, and knock on wood, hopefully no in- injuries. Barring an injury, he will be the guy for the, coming down the stretch. Now I know that there's other conversations surrounding the role of Robbie Ashford. Now I'm going to open that up here in a minute, but I want to ask Colin real quick, and in this and open up to the rest of you guys. But I do want to kind of put the ball on the tee for Colin. The downfield pass was neat, and you mentioned this uh, pre-show when we were, before we were recording. You're how how impressed were you with? Peyton Thorne's ability to go through his reads and enlarge and, and and actually move the ball effectively using this receiving cord that we're going to talk about in a second. Uh, I just honestly didn't see it coming. Um, I was thoroughly impressed. Um, his balls looked nice. Um, yeah. Uh, his balls looked nice. Um, he was he had a tight spiral. He's throwing it down the field. And he's getting it to wide open receivers. Um, he had the one into double coverage that was pretty – pretty atrocious it was an awful read he had um the receiver Schwartz. in the flat for the uh the first down but i feel like um, now is a good time to point out that the average age of people on this podcast is like 22 years old 
Yeah, that's a, that's a good point, Daniel. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't matter. You could have said that on the war report, and I might have been joking, laughing their ass off, too. All oh, right? I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're right, though. I mean, pretty spirals. I get it. Yeah. Um, and like you said, he he made, went through his reads for the most part uh, pretty well, and he would find the the open receiver. And listen, he was uncorking some big throws. And that's something we've not seen at all this season um, from both quarterbacks. And you wound up getting some from both. So that's yeah. kind of a, a nice sidebar. For those I, of you guys- I, I need to get this out there because I've gotten a lot of flack this week from the keyboard warriors who refused to go actually watch the show and get the context to the actual quote graphics. I have been saying for weeks now that I want Peyton Thorne to prove to me that I should back off on my Robbie Ashford love. That's what I've been saying all season long. And people kind of took it out of context and said that I'm 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 an Ashford truther. I think Ashford can get there. That's what I've been preaching. Peyton Thorne proved to me in that two and a half halves of football that he had, where he played really really well. And sorry, not well, played really really good in those two and a half uh, uh, quarters of football. Peyton Thorne came out and proved that he can calm down the pocket. He can look calm and collected in the pocket. That he can. Sorry, there's a motorcycle outside. Uh, uh, proved to me that he can get the ball into the receiver's hands, and those two interceptions were stupid. Uh, both of uh, just throw the when you're outside of the pocket running, don't try to force it into the end into the end zone like that. SEC ball, that's an interception on the goal line. Uh, nine times out of ten in the SEC, that's an interception on the goal line, and it was one out of one against Samford. And that other, you got to look at your flats. You can't force balls downfield. But Peyton Thorne proved to me in the second half that he is the starting quarterback to this team. I'm going to get it out there, quote graphic out there, just so people who don't want to watch stuff for context. I think Peyton Thorne is the starting quarterback. But to, to preview to the next segment, Robbie Ashford does deserve to be on this, be utilized as offense. Yeah, and, and we're going to touch base on that here in a second. But I, uh, Daniel, I've got a question for you as well. Um, yeah. if, I, if you're open to this one, tell me if this is a dumb question. I'm kind of in this camp, and I'm and by kind of, and also Dylan, if you'll do me a favor and throw up a, the comment from Todd Jordan. Todd, thank you for, for joining the show. Teresa, welcome back. Welcome to the show. Glad to have you guys here. Um, meet, meet, Teresa. Meet, meet. That's right. Uh, mentioning Thorne looked better than he has all season. If he doesn't throw two INTs, you know, you'll take that performance every week. I agree. Daniel, I'm in this camp that, uh, one, I'm glad Hugh Freeze left Thorne in and didn't start playing the quarterback carousel thing. You, you gave Thorne an opportunity to make some mistakes and, and and figure figure himself out, is that not the right way to handle this at this point, staring down the barrel of an SEC schedule? It's one hundred percent the right way to do it. Um, I mean, this was your last tune-up game until you know the week before the Iron Bowl, and it's just unfair to have expected Thorne to have gone in and just played perfect football yesterday after he hasn't had the opportunity yet to just get in and just do his thing. So I was really glad that Hugh Freeze and Philip Montgomery decided to not get involved, just let it play out. Like interceptions happen, you know, like it they suck, they're infuriating, they're annoying, whatever, you know, negative word you want to insert there, like go for it. And I sure. get it. But they're part of the game, they're gonna happen. Yeah, those two were pretty bad. Um, but I'm I'm kind of with you, like you said earlier, like you don't really you're not quite as harsh on those. As someone who played defensive back myself for a lot of years, I forced a lot of interceptions, so I know how quarterbacks feel. Um, 
So I, I get it, and they're they're very they're, they're drive killers, especially when I would get one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I don't really think it's the end of the world. I, I'm with you, Daniel. I'm and, and we're going to segue into Robbie Ashford here in just a moment. Um, those of you guys who are just now joining the stream, we we're talking about Peyton Thorne and his success, and I, I will call it success, folks. I think y'all would agree with me. Uh, against Samford on on Saturday. Please give us your thoughts. We we'd be happy to discuss those. And as always, questions you guys have, drop those in the chat. We'll we'll address those at the at the bottom of our show. And we won't, you know, skim on time. We will take all the time you guys want. All the questions you guys ask, we will answer. Um, thank you guys. We appreciate the support. I want to talk about Robbie Ashford's role now. And 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 we've discussed. And I'm not saying we're, we've beaten the dead horse about Peyton Thorpe because we I don't think we have. I mean, there's certainly a lot. Um, a lot of layers to that. Uh, and, and I'm certainly happy for the kid. You get from a personal level, you got to be happy for him. Um, just, you know, having that one of those moments of, okay, everybody's behind me. Robbie Ashford does, Dylan, you're right, does still deserve a role on on this team. And and I'll open it with you, Dylan, and I'm going to let everybody talk except for me. Um, and I'll, I'll save myself at the end. Um, or if somebody else wants to go last, I don't care. Um, about what Robbie's role looks like, I think there is a clear definition now. Um, and, and that's huge going into that SEC slate. But I, I think that we have a good idea of what Robbie Ashford's role should look like. Dylan, what should it be? Yeah, so we watched Robbie Ashford. Robbie Ashford did not come into the game in the entire first half. But when he did come in, he was an immediate game changer. We saw I, – I think when it comes to Auburn being first and five to the end zone, first and goal on the five-yard line and to the like the goal line, Robbie Ashford should be implemented there. That's where I saw Peyton Thorne struggle the most against Sanford. Uh, I think Robbie Ashford adds another dimension. He, Peyton Thorne is mobile. Uh, very shocked to see how mobile he was. Because uh, I didn't, and apparently it's because Michigan State just didn't know how to utilize them, uh, both with injuries and just the coaching staff in general. Peyton Thorne's got wheels, uh, but Robbie Asher, he went on that field yesterday, and I could feel a universal uh, teardrop from every single Robbie Asher doubter in the Auburn fan base because I saw Robbie Asher go out there, throw the ball accurately, getting the ball to his receivers, and I saw him panic once, and he got the ball out of bounds. He saw he wasn't gonna he wasn't gonna force it. He wasn't gonna run out of bounds and lose yards. He chunked the ball out of bounds like he should do. And then he had that beautiful 32-yard bomb to Michael Michael Riley, the tight end who just got his first career touchdown by that. Uh, another guy I'm very high on, by the way. Uh so great touchdown for me. Uh but Robbie Ashford going into SC play, they now know Peyton Thorne can run. And now they know Robbie Ashford can pass. And if I'm an SEC defensive coordinator, I'm going to be kind of worried about what you're going to see down the stretch from this Auburn Tigers offense. If they're throwing Robbie Ashford on like the 30-yard line for a play, uh, is he going to pass it? Because now we, he can throw a 30-yard pass. We just saw that happen. And Peyton Thorne, if he throws a read option, I mean, it's no longer going to be he's going to pass it or he's going to hand it off. Peyton Thorne is going to make a couple of miss. Uh, there's a picture I just put on the thumbnail of him juking out uh, one of the Stanford defenders, which – What's hilarious to watch in real time. Uh, but overall, I mean, Robbie Ashford has proved that maybe he's not quarterback one, but he is definitely if you instead of 14, he's like he's the athlete you didn't like assign a position to. Because that's <laughs> what he's gonna be utilized. He's gonna be your backup quarterback who's basically like your wildcat guy. He's gonna play a carry on Johnson role per se, with more read option and RPOs. He's not playing wide receiver, it's not that's not happening. Robbie Asher's not going to line up at wide receiver. And if it happens, it's going to be a trick play. He's not switching positions. Robbie Asher proved that he is worthy of the quarterback position and that he is worthy of playing a vital piece into this offensive scheme behind Peyton Thorne at quarterback. 
I like that take. And while, while we, I'm going to roll over to Daniel here and kind of ask him uh, the pretty much a very similar question. If you could throw up Todd Jordan's uh, comment, Todd, thank you for, for, for dropping that in. I agree with this. At the very least, and he means the very least, Robbie makes defensive scheme for two quarterbacks. Daniel, we just heard Dylan touch on this uh, about how Robbie Ashford makes other defensive coordinators respect uh, his, his throwing game now. It's still is it or is it not still just red zone Robbie? And you're looking at him in those in those, I guess blank and goal uh, situations where where he can mix in his legs and also you know check down passes, RPO things of that nature. What does that look like for you, Daniel? Um, yeah, I kind of just predominantly use him in the red zone, um, in the and goal situations. Um, I personally, I'm not going to throw Robbie out there at midfield. Um. I'm not going to say that I don't see the value in doing so because, you know, this team, you've got Thorne, you've got Robbie on the ground, you've got Robbie through the air. That's three separate playbooks. Um, So that's effectively three schemes that, you know, the opposing defense has to plan for. And I'm not going to say I don't see the value in that. Um, But ultimately I feel like between the twenties or not between the twenties, all the way from the half yard line on your own end zone to the 10 yard line on the other team's side of the field. I feel like that's Peyton's territory, man. I don't disagree. And and, and Colin, I'm, I'm going to kind of build off that. And and Todd, we see your question. I promise we're going to come back to that. We will talk about Holden Gardner uh, at some point on this, on the show today. I, I can guarantee that. But we saw, as Dylan mentioned a minute ago, Colin, where Thorne, Peyton Thorne was was left in in those what we were, were discussing right now to be Robbie Ashford situations in, in, in the first half. In my opinion, there's a, tr- a ton of a tremendous amount of value in doing in doing so uh, against an opponent like Samford. But how much does it play to Robbie's benefit that now there's tape of Peyton Thorne handling that um, in, in 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 that quote unquote red zone Robbie situation in terms of making other people scheme for it could be either guy. I mean, obviously, if they're going to have scheme for either guy then their scheme is not going to be as great if it, they spent the whole week working on just one dude. Um, I think what Robbie showed is that he can play a very important role in this team. Um, and even if that's just a super competent backup, let's say that Peyton takes a huge hit at midfield and just has to come out for a series of plays, you can throw Robbie in and you will not be worried about what he's going to do. He still he can throw the ball, he can run the ball. Um, he can run the offense when he needs to. Agree, agree. And and let me let me just be the one to say right here, fellas. This is my piece, and, and you guys have summed up the Robbie Ashford uh, role to 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 a T. I'm not going to expand on it anymore. I am over over the moon proud of of Hugh Freeze and his staff for the way that they handled personnel in the in the, in the first half of this game and the entirety of this game for, for to be completely transparent. But specifically in the first half, I do think, as we, Colin and I were just kind of talking about, there's a tremendous amount of value in giving Peyton Thorne red zone reps. I mean, hell, who's to say Robbie Ashford doesn't get hit on an RPO on the five-yard line, right? I mean, you, you want to make sure that you're prepped for every situation. And also mixing up schemes like Colin was just mentioning, um, just showing different packages. That's, that's, that's a big deal, and there's a ton of value there. Let's open this up beyond the quarterback conversation. For those of you guys who are just now joining us here on the College Loop Game Reaction, um, reaction show, um, live show, Make sure you drop in the comments your questions, concerns, strongly held beliefs, demands, whether that be about Robbie Ashford, Peyton Thorne, or beyond. I promise you, if, if it's relevant to what we're talking to, it's just a statement. We'll throw it up. If it's a question, I promise we're, we we saw it. We will address it. Um, it, it is built into our, our show rundown, so make sure you guys drop those comments there. We certainly, certainly, certainly appreciate your, your love and support. And if you're not already subbed to us, make sure you sub. Uh, let's talk, guys. 
Let's talk offensive takeaways, and we're going to go in reverse order here. I'm going to let Colin kind of pick off the plate first um, while we talk about the, the wide receivers. And then, Daniel, I'm, I'm going to let you talk about the running backs. We'll let Dylan figure out his rest, uh, the rest and, and chime, uh, chime in there. Colin, we talked about it earlier. The downfield pass is back, my friend. The Auburn, Auburn is throwing the ball downfield and is doing the passing thing, which is wild for some people to wrap their brains around. How much did this receiving group impress you on Saturday? The answer should be a decent amount. I'm just curious. Your thoughts, your takeaways, who really stood out to you? There's a couple obvious answers. Yeah, um, a, a ton is the answer. They impressed me a ton. Um, I went into this game not uh, uncertain about our receivers. I knew we had some talent there, um, but I think now – uh, from my time in school here, this is be- the best overall receiving core top to bottom that I've seen. Um, Rivaldo Rafal- Fairweather is that dude. Oh, my gosh. Holy crap. The way he can adjust to a ball and just go up and get it is crazy to me because um, we've seen it in multiple games now where there'll be a, a ball that is slightly underthrown and he can just completely adjust and despite whatever coverage is being played on him, um, get that in his grasp. Um it's crazy to see for me. And then obviously, you know, Shane Hooks, big receiver, can go up and get it as well. Um, and Jay Fair has busted on the scene as a freshman and is really showing his value that he adds to this team. How about Jay Fair? I mean, Rivaldo Fairweather's a, a talking point. I know Dylan's gonna go there. Oh yeah. How about Jay Fair, folks? I mean, this this kid's more physical than I thought he was gonna be at, at a very, very early age uh in, in his in his awkward career. That kid is special. And and in this this group, I think Colin, you're absolutely right. In your time at Auburn, this is the most talented receiving core you you've ever seen. And 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 Daniel, the future is even brighter for for folks that are that are that are juniors and going to be seniors next year. But I I, I was I was thoroughly impressed. A lot of people talking about you know Jay Fair's ability to to you know go get you know, possession receiving right. Dude runs a great route. I mean, you go back and watch film. He he runs a great route. In, in, my, in my opinion, I mean, and there's a there's a ton of value there, and there's clearly a connection between him and Peyton Thorne. This group is is gelling on a level that I was not necessarily expecting to this point this year. I had hopes, but we weren't quite there. Now, Dylan, you want to touch, chime in real quick on the Rivaldo Fairweather supremacy? Yeah, I just want to just want to point out that uh, oh, Teresa, by the way, just to answer your question real quick. Uh, yes, Jay, Jay Fair did redshirt last year. Uh, Rivaldo Fairweather, his ability, like my concept to adjust is awesome. And it does seem like, uh, I don't know. I think Hugh Freeze watches the show. Cause I told him, I said, I told the world that this offense is going to run a whole lot better. If Rivaldo Fairweather gets the ball in his hands, at least once per drive. And that seemed to happen a lot, but when people talk about with his, with his ability to catch the ball, you also got to mention his ability to block. Yes. I think from, Head to toe, Rivaldo Ferrer might be the most talented tight end that I have ever seen in my cognitive memory as an Auburn Tiger. Uh, and I'll even go deeper to say this wide receiver room is probably the best wide receiver room I have seen in my entire time. Again, cognitive memory because I was too young for you know Devin Aroma Shadu and and Ben Amamano and um, who's the one guy I'm missing and Courtney Taylor. There we go. I was too young for those, those three. But I was able to watch Jarvin Adams, who I think is one of the best receivers Auburn's ever had. I watched uh, Emory Blake and Terrell Zachary and Cody Burns all come through. And I, Todd Jordan, I, I love Lutzen Kirkin. I love Lutzen Kirkin more than you'll ever know. Uh, I cried all my my I, I cried my tear ducts out whenever I found out uh, what happened to Philip Lutzen Kirkin. I'm tearing up now thinking about it. 
Ravada Fairweather has the opportunity to be the best tight end Auburn's ever seen. Uh, and his ability to do both things. If Auburn wants to run the ball, Ravada Fairweather is going to be one of the lead blockers. If Auburn wants to pass the ball, Ravada Fairweather is the premier target. I think Ravada Fairweather might see himself in the conversation of one of the top tight ends in this upcoming draft. Yeah, he's a dog. Uh, certainly uh, adds a ton of value, and he's only getting mixed in, just continually to playing a bigger role week to week. Um, something that Hugh Freeze and his staff certainly very excited about. Another room that we've been super high on, I've been publicly very, very high on. You guys are well aware. Here are my exact notes. You guys can see it. Uh, I sent it to you before the before the show started. Running back room, Daniel, and I in parentheses, all I could put was WTF question mark. Um, that had to have been the most disappointed part of this game. Yeah, but I feel like that was a little bit by design almost. Um I feel like everyone knew that Auburn was going to be focused on throwing the football. So I have a feeling that, you know, at some point during the week, uh, Hugh Freeze, Cadillac, and Philip Montgomery sat down and were like, okay, like it, it's time to throw the football. Um, so I feel like Cadillac had running backs ready to go in the, you know, blocking sets. And, sure, you know, still a decent day on the ground, I would say. Didn't they get over 200 yards as a – you, I mean, I know that's everyone, and 100 of that's Thorn, but still. 129 of that's Thorn. Yeah, but 120. Yeah, okay, it's not so great. But, you know, <laughs> it's it's not a big deal. Um, at this point, I, I know what the running backs can do. Everyone knows what the running backs can do. So they don't, they don't really have anything to prove to me right now. Um, Auburn had to get the pass game going. So I feel like Jarquez, Damari, Brian, Jeremiah, Sean – uh, Luke Rebels, my Birmingham guy on the bench. I feel like everyone knew that. So I don't, I don't, I'm not concerned. They'll be okay. It was more a little clickbait to get you get you a talking piece in there. I'm with you. Um, you, you Dylan, I'd like to point this out before you say something here. And I, 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 I'm not saying you're about to back talk. I'm just saying you asked for a 100-yard rusher. You got one. I, I did. Uh, <laughs> it was not, the, was not the, the jersey I was expecting to see get it. Uh, but I mean, you, if you're talking about the running backs, uh, Justin Jones, the walk-on, almost got a blocked punt. Uh, so that was awesome to see. But it, it was a bit with even if it's by design. I don't think Jarquez Hunter should ever get the ball 11 times and only get 37 yards. That's not the Jarquez Hunter we've been hearing about. That's not the Jarquez Hunter we've seen. If Jarquez Hunter is getting 11 carries in a game, uh, he should be upwards of 75 plus. I mean, and yeah, having to play behind the Patriots' offensive lines a sin. Sorry, <laughs> and, and it seemed that the the offensive line has improved a lot passing pass block wise uh, from last year, which is again very hard not to do. Is the offensive line struggling from not getting, being able to get a push? Uh, I, I I see the size difference between the offensive line and the and the defensive line between Auburn and Stanford and fourth and one, fourth and goals. Why is Auburn not running the ball in those situations? Uh, giving it to Jarquez Hunter, giving it to Demari Alston, giving it to Brian Batia around the edge, giving it to Jeremiah Cobb, who is uh, now one game away from playing out of his redshirt, by the way. Uh, well, that's about. gone by. I, uh, I don't want it's just, gone. Red shirt's burned by Saturday. There's a red T-shirt in his closet. I want it gone that that bad. Like I don't <laughs> like. No, I want that guy. That guy needs to be on the football field. I, but, that, that, that that dude plays football. I mean, that, that's what he does. Like, <laughs> if I just want to go yards by carry, uh, Peyton Thorne led the team at 11.2. Then Robbie Ashford at 8.5, and then you get Brian Batie at 4.2. You get 
uh, Jarko Thunder at 3.4, Damari Alston by 3.1, and Jeremiah Cobb had 0.8. But that's also because I feel like he was utilized more in the passing game uh, with the little pass jet sweeps and you just toss it up to the running back in front right. of you. Uh, and, that, and he excelled in that. And I still think Jeremiah Cobb is going to be very good around the edge as well, just like Brian Batie. And this, this running back group is slowly going to find his pace, uh, I hope. <laughs> but I would really like him to find it out uh, within a, a couple day span. Uh, before you know, uh, Saturday. <laughs> Dylan, I just highlighted a comment from Todd Jordan again. Um, but was wasn't this game a bit of an anomaly? Auburn purposely pushed the pass. Absolutely correct. Uh, I, this is this is super important to keep in mind. Um, we, we we talked about the offensive line generating holes. I, I I actually think that there's a lot of I could come up with some conspiracies with really no traction behind it. Um, but an educated guess I have is that this entire week there there might have been a banner and hanging in the weight room saying push the pass like that that could have been the case. Um, and, and that was evident, and that's okay. Auburn needed to do that. Auburn absolutely needed to go out and say, hey, the Auburn Tigers are no longer stuck in the we can only run the football year, year age, stone age. They are now a true spread RPO offense. Like, we can do that thing. And, and, and that's that's good. That's great. I, I, I am in the camp that you would have liked to see a little more progression from, from the likes of Jarquois Hunter. Um, but then again, we're going to talk about injuries in a little bit, and I'm not putting him on the injured list. I'm just saying I don't know how, like, what's going on with him. I don't know that anybody really. I, I think he just. I think they say he just tweaked his ankle. I, I don't yeah. think it's something like very major. They just made sure right. to get him off the field and not let him play. Yeah, and then there's no point in putting people in harm's way if you're already thumping your opponent. Uh, Teresa mentioned Auburn will be more balanced starting Saturday. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. And you'll probably see a little more running than you see passing again, and that's okay. But you had to get that experience in, and I don't love the goal line goal line play calling that we were talking about. Yeah, but but if there was a game that you can argue and say you got to get your reps in on goal line passing, and and you pretend that you know all three of those are third down must pass situations because you can't push the run, whatever. Um, if if you want to look at it as a glorified scrimmage, I'm not necessarily not okay with that. I'm gonna say this real quick. Uh, talking about how next week we're gonna see probably more running than we are passing. I don't think that's true at all. I think Auburn's going to be back into this kind of swing of things because when I watched AM film uh, and I was strictly the Miami game, uh, Tyler Van Dyke went out there uh, in that empty stadium and threw for 370 yards and had five touchdowns through the air against that AM defense. This was a game that needed to happen. This was a practice to make sure that Auburn knew what to do and how to attack zone, how to attack the man, how to, you know, find your check downs, which, Maybe Peyton Thorne needs a little bit of there's like a day lesson on that uh, for that triple coverage uh, deep ball. AM struggles against the pass. This game right here proved that Peyton Thorne can pass the ball, which is why I've already established again that he's a starting quarterback. He's QB one, and he will be until uh, knock on wood injuries or anything else happen. Right, but he got it doesn't. Peyton Thorne can throw the ball a lot. That being said. Auburn will still commit to the run game, and, the, and Auburn should still commit to the run yes. game. Yes. Oh, um, very much so, yes. That is the whole point of an RPO. Um, Todd Jordan mentioned again, uh, at least Auburn showed that they don't have to run into a 9- or 10-man box. Yes, absolutely. That's tremendously valuable. Make people scheme against you. That's why I don't necessarily hate that early game play calling. Like I, when I said it wasn't great, I, if you look at it as glorified scrimmage, then it's fine. You know what I mean? It's almost like an NFL preseason game, right? There's no rhyme or reason except for establishing that you can do things. And, and if you want to look at it that way and, and the way Auburn thumped Sanford, I, I'm okay looking at it that way. And, and you look at those mistakes and you can you can fix them and move forward. Teresa mentioned AM not good against pass, like you just said, Dylan. Um, and, and also adding uh, the balance will keep the defense honest. Absolutely. Super, super important there. 
Speaking of defenses, let's let's flip over um, here and, and we'll talk about the defense um, before we do so. If you guys are so inclined and you are feeling a little bit loopy, there is somewhere that you can go and and show your college loop, War Report Podcast Network pride. That is www.thewarreport.com. Dylan, if you throw it on the screen, there it is. And you pick up your very own feeling loopy t-shirt. Comes in five colorways. Only twenty-five dollars, most comfortable shirt you'll ever you'll ever own. We certainly appreciate it. It's a big way to support us. And you guys are the best. Show everyone your feeling loopy pride. Take a picture of your new feeling loopy t-shirt. Use hashtag hashtag feeling loopy and tweet at us. We'll put you up on the next live stream of the show. Let's or not live stream next show. Excuse me. We can do live stream though. I don't really care. I mean, whatever. If whatever, we can do it live, that's right. What's up, Dylan? I'm oh, Daniel. Sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm Daniel. That's Dylan. Uh, I just wanted to say that I will personally be sending one to um, New England Patriots offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien since he is uh, clearly feeling something on the sideline. <laughs> That's actually really good. Anyways, anyways. All right. All right. Bring it back to Auburn football. Let's talk about the defense, folks. Daniel, we're going to open it up with you. Defensive takeaways. Um, what impressed you? Let, let, well, excuse me. We'll, we'll flip it and go the inverse direction here. What didn't impress you about this defense? What need, What still needs work? Um, pass rush, uh, that was bad. Uh, run defense left a lot to be desired. Um, so defensive line and linebackers, you know, y'all need to work. But as a former DB, as I've said, oh, I, I'm I love this core. They've already have more interceptions in three games than they did all of last season. Um, Jalen Simpson is the first Auburn Tiger to have an interception in three straight games in 16 seasons. Um, is that good? That that's amazing. Okay, uh, base for fifteen this year. <laughs> yeah. Um, you're you're absolutely right, Todd Jordan. We <laughs> desperately need Donovan Coffin and Keontae Scott back for AM, and hopefully we'll get that. But this room's deep. Um, you've got Sylvester Smith back there, man. Like you have a lot of reserves in this room. Kai and Lee uh, took some more snaps this week, and I'm I firmly believe that he'll be playing on Sundays. And, you know, like I've said, I'm going to keep saying it. If there's anyone who knows what a defensive back who, um, who will be playing on Sundays one day looks like, it's me. So I, I'm a firm believer that uh, this room's in good hands. Yeah. yeah. Dylan, real quick. Sorry to cut you off. Can you throw up that um, that comment from Todd Jordan saying um, you need Donovan Kaufman and Keontae Scott back uh, for A&M? And it's ATM, and I know it's A&M, but I think this is very funny, and I'm not picking on you, Todd, because this could be an ATM game for- for a certain head coach, <laughs> not named you Freeze. They're, they're waiting. They're waiting to put the date on that check. I'm telling you, they've been waiting for a year for a year at least. I think the App State game definitely that that check was like, all right, give us a reason to sign it. That's right. Yeah, it's, uh, that's that's that's. I just thought that was really funny, and that's really the entire reason. I don't. I know you wanted to expand on the on the defensive yeah. conversation. Uh, some of the defensive line. I know I got some against some keyboard warriors who decided not to like my uh, my Jason Jones take about how I wanted to get to the pass, get to the passer more. Uh, and yeah, I guess he, I get he's a nose tackle. He's supposed to plug holes. Uh, but Jason Jones has been. I've been hearing all spring and fall long that Jason Jones is a next level defensive tackle and is going to get to the quarterback a lot per. Jason Jones. Uh, I did see him get to the get pressure on the quarterback. I did see him do what those tackles do and play holes, and he was getting back there a good bit. But the rest of the defensive line was not. We had a good Lawrence Johnson sack. Uh, we got a Cam Riley sack. And no one else. That was it. Two sacks against Sanford. Uh, we didn't hear anything from Keldrick Falk, not anything from Mosiah, not anything from Elijah McAllister. Did you already not- say something about my boy Marcus Harris? 
And Marcus Harris. Did he get a sack? I don't think he got a sack. He got a TFL. He didn't get a sack, but he got a TFL. Marcus Harris played good football. Yeah, Mark, well, I'm not talking about Marcus Harris. I'm talking about the other people. Okay. Marcus I Harris, I, listen, when, I need to – When, I, when to, I talk bad about the front seven, Marcus Harris and Eugene Asante are pushed aside. I wanted to make sure that he had a, a, immunity. <laughs> yes, um, yes, he is. Uh, yeah. And also, I will also add another guy who, 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 put on my, who was on my good side. Larry Nixon the third. They are learning how to use him properly. He is going up the middle every time to plug gaps. But this defense did leave a lot to be desired when it comes on in terms of stopping chunk plays. That swing pass that Sanford kept doing, I don't think Auburn really found a way to stop that. Uh, we I talk about how we've talked about on countless occasions how Hugh Freeze has changed this, this, this team and how we're seeing mid-game or even mid-series adjustments made that we've not seen since early stages of Gus Malzahn. I did not see a single adjustment made for that swing pass. I didn't see linebackers out front. I didn't see anybody watching the running back. I, the DBs were all in man coverage, which I do love the, their, their, their man. That's all of their strengths. Now they saw that swing pass. Uh, they were getting chunk plays when they shouldn't. They were moving the ball when they shouldn't. Uh, Auburn did step up and stop them at times, but this is Sanford. I respect Sanford. Great team, great FCS team. I don't understand why they're not in FBS yet. Texas A&M, Georgia, LSU are Auburn's next three opponents. That swing pass, if they establish it and they keep doing it, can Auburn find the adjustments to stop it? And I don't know yet. Because I didn't hear a lot of it from Eugene Asante this game. He got one tackle. Yeah, you're right. You're you're absolutely correct. Colin, I'm going to let you I'm going to uh, let you kind of round out this defensive takeaways if you have any anything that these guys haven't haven't covered and then we're going to talk injuries for a second. Excuse me. We're going to talk about breakout players um for just a second. Um uh, floor is yours, my friend. Um yeah, these guys touched on um our defense pretty well. Um obviously we got to stop those chunk plays um with big talented teams that we're about to be playing. Um the danger is only more more prevalent. So stopping those chunk plays um, and Marcus Harris is a dog. I don't know what to say. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Absolute yeah. dog. That's why I wanted to make sure he had immunity. You know, I'm in, mm-hmm. I'm in Cause I know I heard that too. And I was like, Oh, what are we talking about, man? Yeah. I, I was, but, I was uh, getting a little worried. I was like, uh. I was like we're, we're missing like the best player on this front seven, but yeah. I like uh, I like Teresa's comment here. Uh, maybe maybe they didn't want to show they could stop it before the AM game, knowing we were going to win the game. I uh, I like that outlook. <laughs> that's uh, that's one of the outlooks of all time. I'm not I'm not dogging on you. That's funny. I like that. All right, Colin, opening up with you here. Who in the world of Colin Beiersdorf, in the in the brilliant football mind, certified ball knower, Colin Beiersdorf, in, uh, in your mind, did you look at this game and say, wow? Kind of didn't see this guy having a, a, a good moment or a good play. Uh, there's there's a handful of answers here. That's why I kind of put the ball on the team, gave you the first tips. Um, so this one is incredibly obvious, and I'm sorry, but Rivaldo Fairweather was my biggest takeaway from this game. Um, I just loved everything I saw from him. Like Dylan mentioned the blocking earlier. He could block. He was throwing up hard blocks, too. He wasn't just, just blocking because he had to. He was doing it, and he meant it. Um, he was catching downfield. He, he had some short passes and showed some route running abilities. Um, so all around, I think he's going to be the star of this offense this year for the Tigers. And I'm not sure we saw that coming into the season. Fairweather could lead this team in receiving yards, receiving touchdowns and pancakes. If he tried hard enough, <laughs> that's <laughs> not he, crazy. If he could find a way to try any harder. <laughs> that's right. I'm going to throw a guy out there who, I mean, stat line's not absolutely crazy, but I saw flashes of what we think this guy can be in the future. Let's talk about Keldrick Falk for a second here, guys. 
Um, I, I thought that there were some moments where, first off, you got to hear Keldrick Falk's name on TV, which was cool. Um, and you're, you're like, wow, this guy really is what we thought he could, thought, thought could be. Um, one solo tackle, two assists, three uh, three totals, no t- TFLs. I thought there was, if you go back and watch game film, in, in terms of, and Daniel talked about quarterback pressuring, and I, I get all that, that's got to improve. I, th- I thought Keldrick Falk had a good game. Um, I, I, I didn't think have anything spectacular to necessarily write home about, but you're like, hey, this guy's present. He's developing week to week, and, and, and his footwork's better week to week. That that is a fact. I mean, week to week, he is his footwork is is inherently better. I know it's kind of like an under the radar this uh, decision there, um, but I, I was I was impressed by Keldrick Falk, uh, and I'm, I'm kind of laser focused whenever he's on the field because the DBs <laughs> I don't actually have to watch the back end that often. How do you how do your eyes manage to look at both Kay and Lee and Keldrick Falk at the same time? It's listen, I have two eyes, um, and I've developed a lazy eye because I watch I, I separate them. Where you they, like where a chameleon? <laughs> right. That's right. I was it, it is it is about time that Auburn finds a player who can set the edge. Yes. Uh, waiting for Jalen McLeod, Elijah McAllister. Uh, who's uh, I'm missing one? Uh, Keldrick Falk, and there's one more. Who's the other edge rusher? Oh my lord! You good, bro? I don't know. Probably not. If I can't think of his name, uh, but yeah, I'm waiting for Elijah McAllister and Jalen McLeod to finally step up and you know set the edge. Like we've we've heard how many things we heard positive about this edge rushing core. From the spring and the fall, Alvin McAllister did did so well leadership wise that he got himself a team captain role. But as much as I love Alvin McAllister, I love his game, I love his mindset, I love his abilities, I love the fact that he's getting his doctorate in education. There, every there's nothing I don't love by Alvin McAllister, right? But I do need to see more from him. I do need to see him getting back to the quarterback. And I understand he's probably just the placeholder for Jalen McLeod to get healthy because Jalen McLeod is known for his ability to have big games against and big stages against big teams. And last year when he was at App State, he did that against Texas A&M, the same offensive line that he'll be playing next week. And that's a good back to the injuries thing, got to get healthy. But we do need to establish the fact that the that Marcus Harris can't do it all. Right. That Jason Jones can only do so much plugging gaps-wise. Who's going to get around the edge? Who's going to get around the tackle? Who's going to start getting sacks? Because Auburn is not getting sacks in that front four. Right. And, and and there's layers to that, right? Uh, like so many layers to to the reasoning behind all that. But uh, and this is a good a good time to mention Todd Jordan's uh, comment again. If you want to throw that up on the screen, uh, without the punt muff, uh, Auburn holds them to seven points. Perfectly fine with the defense that holds opponents under twenty points. It's pretty based. Um, I'm 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 all on board. Uh, you should be. Uh, that that should work pretty well. Um, Daniel, I'm going to give you your breakout player so you can you can snag one from Dylan um, and go ahead and go ahead and grab that grab your guy that really really impressed you. If they if you've already been taken off the off the board, that's fine. Um, but uh, curious to get your your thoughts on that front. Um, you know, I'm looking for Keldrick Falk. Um, rivals had him as a five star, um, two four seven, and everyone else had him as a very high four. So he's shown he has a lot of talent. Um, and there's not really a ton of competition for him. So I just – I really expect him to step into that role. I, I thought he showed a sign of promise on Saturday as well. I uh, did too. That, that pairs nicely. Um, Daniel and I agreeing with something. Man, that makes the heart happy. Dylan, round this one out for us before I hand it over to Colin for the injuries. Fun, there's, an easy, there's, there's, an easy, there's an easy breakout player here. And, I left it on the table for you. Yeah, and I, I, I stood there and uh, so I brought Lauren to her second ever Auburn football game, and she loved it. She loved the night game. You're welcome. The atmosphere. Thank you. Uh, she they were my, for the record, they were my tickets, just for those of you guys who, who were yeah. curious. About. I am trying to convert her from that team over in Athens to Auburn. Uh, she loves tumors. She loves everything about Auburn. She just needs to stop wearing that red color. 
and and stop supporting ugly looking dogs. So I, I, around the first half, I didn't see my player that I'm going to pick at all. And then it came in during the second half, and he played outstanding when he got in. My breakup player is Robbie Ashford. Yeah, we knew. All I've been hearing all offseason long, every time I bring up how much I love Robbie Ashford's game, I hear, well, he can't throw the football. He can't do this. He can't do that. Robbie Ashford's not a good quarterback. He should just switch to wide receiver. He should just switch to another position. Robbie Ashford came out into the field, three for four, threw a touchdown pass, a 32-yard bomb again. Can't mention that enough. And he also showed off his ability that he is still a capable runner, uh, which we all knew anyways. Robbie Ashford is my breakout player because he went out on that field and proved to everybody he can throw the ball. And everyone should shut up when it comes to dissing Robbie Ashford. Yeah, I'm just going to go. And I'm I'm pointing pointing hashtag Air Raid Robbie. Yeah, okay. I'm just going to tell you, keep your thick skin because people aren't going to always jump on board. That's how the world works, not just the Auburn fan base. Um, The layup that I was leaving for Dylan, folks, that I'll go ahead and touch. I thought we were all leaving this one. It's freaking Peyton Thorne. Uh, um, (laughs) He was the guy. of the. That was the Peyton Thorne game. I mean, that was, for until further notice, that was the Peyton Thorne game. But I digress. Colin, I've left you with such a shitty task, and I'm very sorry. Um, also, Todd Jordan said, Dylan, if you can get her to stop wearing red, can you work on Mike G next? What's going, what's going on, Mike G? Anyways, Colin, I'm going to let you. Todd, can you tell me what, what do I need to work on with Mike G? <laughs> I, like I like this banter. This is good. Um, Colin, I'm going to let you kind of break down uh, injuries and, and where, where Auburn is there, um, if, if you're so inclined. Um, and I'm, I'm sure Dylan will chime in um, whenever you uh, mispronounce a vowel or something. So good luck. Yeah. I yeah. So uh, I think the biggest thing I'm concerned uh, going into Texas A&M is just the health of this team. Um, we kind of have gotten banged up the last couple weeks uh, against inferior opponents, which you kind of hate to see. Um, but, yeah, like, it is part of the game. But Donovan Kaufman, Keontae Scott, Nehemiah Pritchett, all from that secondary. Uh, Nehemiah Pritchett's yet to start a game. So hopefully, fingers crossed, Texas A&M is, is the time. Um, and then you saw we've talked about Jarquez Hunter uh, not looking 100%. Um, uh, obviously, he is our workhorse back, quote unquote, um, RB1, I guess. Um, you need him. I'm trying to think of anyone else. Uh, Tutal Miller, who else went out the game? Yes, Jalen McLeod. Uh, I think Javarius Johnson um, missed a couple snaps. I think he came back in the game, uh, but was just somewhat banged up. Do we got to count Austin Keys as well? Yeah, Keys is still in that department. Larry Nixon. You think? <laughs> did Larry get did Larry get hurt? He got banged up against Cal, but he played against Stanford. I was yeah. kind of a okay. A, I, was a tongue I was like, I but, an, an under underlying storyline there. Sorry, guys. That was uh Miss Abigail Lafamina not remembering that we had a live stream this evening. That's okay. <laughs> um yeah, Teresa mentioned that Mike G always wears a red shirt when he's doing the war report. Who would wear red on camera? On yeah, Todd, he keeps, he keeps wearing crimson. On TWR shows, he even got five super chats as a GoFundMe to get some orange and blue shirts. That's really, really funny. I've never noticed. I need to go back and watch. I, have. I definitely have. That's why I was kind of lost when you didn't when you didn't pick up on it. But that's okay. Well, oh, I'm just not typically looking at the shirts. I'm just kind of. I'm also more of a Spotify guy. So I'm. I'm yeah, that's how I am too. I like to. I like to listen while I drive. Um, also, I would like some. I would also like immunity for wearing a red red shirt. The Falcons pulled off an awesome comeback earlier today, and I was pretty happy about it. Okay, Daniel. Yeah. Your turn to talk here on the college. Look, you're welcome. 
Oh, good. Can it be about Bill O'Brien? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Anywho, punt return group was abysmal on Saturday. Let's let's just be transparent here. Um, what the hell does Auburn do in the in the absence of Keontae Scott? Um, in the in the absence of Donovan Kaufman, what what is the answer? I mean, I thought Jalen Simpson did fine. I mean, I don't know. Um, just one of those things. I don't really have an answer for you right now. Um, I guess I you could try Brian Batie. He's electric on the kicks. So, oh my God, you've got to be kidding me. The Patriots am I the only one that's kind of thought about that? That's kind of kind of wondered why Brian Batie's not been thrown into the punt return mix. I, I, I've thought about it in yeah. in some cases, but I've also been on the same line of kick, kick, being a good kick returner does not always translate to being a good punt returner. It's a different level of catching the ball because you're not you, you're the ball isn't coming to you in the same form of fashion as it is right. on a kick return. But I do think Jalen Simpson does offer a great replacement. I don't think he's going to be your return man, but I think he'd be a good placeholder for get the ball, call a fair catch. Don't run. I was about to say that feels like the easy solution there, Daniel. Right? You just call a fair catch every time. Like, yeah. I don't. Darius did. I, I don't. I don't know who mentioned it yesterday. We were we were chatting on the Slack and the, uh, the War Report podcast network Slack, and someone said Auburn might be the only team in the Power Five that just can't do punt returns. And I just I don't have evidence to dispute it. Christian Tut is pretty good, but. Um, Todd just said Falcons question mark Bucks are winning the FC South again. Todd, I hope you have a feeling loopy t-shirt because you're doing some kind of drugs. Um, yeah, he's, he's got to be on something. Yeah, you're you're on something there, my friend. Yeah, but, keep counting, man. Panthers are going to get it back. Yeah, that's okay. So not, I actually really don't have a dog in the fight. I'm just from Atlanta. I'm a Steelers fan, but whatever. Um, yeah, I, a Steelers fan that talks more about the Falcons than he does the Steelers. I can go to I Falcon do. games without having to buy airfare. <laughs> There's a reason. I'm just saying. You, I think you're a Falcons. You're a Falcons fan disguised as a Steelers fan. Thank you for understanding, Daniel. That the the airfare is the bar- barrier there, and they're different conferences. So, like, but Jalen Simpson does I offer did. like hey, your hands. Grew up with that too. Yeah, right, right there with. Right? Like, I'll root for the hometown team, I guess. But if they're playing my team at home, I'm I'm gonna go wear a Steelers jersey at, at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. <laughs> like, it's that's the way way, way way it works for me. All right, turnovers have been a, a one of the talking points of all time, um, and Auburn's offense is really good at them. Um, all, by the way, I, I asked for two plus turnovers. I think this weekend. From the Auburn defense, they delivered. So you're in my good graces, by the way. Just, just I know that you, know that you guys are really banking on my opinion, but um, I'm unforgiven. What the hell's that about? But it's fine. Uh, people don't like the Steelers fan. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen. Just because we have six rings doesn't mean that you have to cry about it. Anyways, um, that's Same. all. Yeah, it, it's it's hard to live this way. Uh, Daniel really is. Colin's got a bunch of rings too. I mean, like he he doesn't understand poverty franchises either. Um, Not as many. Yeah, but he's got a handful. Anyways, uh, yeah, who cares? Let's talk, let's talk turnovers for this for this offense and how important and in, in, in how I guess this this group can really kind of control what what the amount of possessions that was hard for me to say for a second the amount of possessions their opponents are going to have game to game because you can't be giving away like we mentioned earlier in the, in the in the show you can't give away free possessions to to opponents in the southeastern conference you, you just you just can't and and Dylan I don't even really know where it starts other than there was a couple bad picks. The good news is the fumbles have not been bad, except for Cal. That was pretty bad. I mean, the the handoff straight to uh, Jackson Sermon uh, that was yeah that wasn't good. And I'm gonna go ahead and touch on Todd Jordan's thing. 
Uh, Freddie Wagand, uh, I was not alive for him. No one on the show was. Uh, as old as Tar looks, he was not alive for it. Uh, that was 1988, <laughs> whenever he last played. Uh, so none of us really saw Freddie Wagand. No, that means. Uh, but these turnovers are bad. Uh, the two turnovers against uh, the, the triple coverage is bad. Uh, the interceptions against Cal, not good. The fumbles against Cal, uh, Jarrett West Hunter should start wearing gloves uh, if that's going to happen. Uh, I don't know. Can I just ask you, why is he not wearing gloves in the first place? I don't know. Just wear gloves. I, he, he probably is upset that he has to. He can't wear boots on the football field either. So, I mean, <laughs> uh, but overall, I mean, and some of these turnovers are coming from the, the punt return game. I, I feel like we've seen, like, what, two already this season? Oh, my two God. Points. Yeah. And, and neither one of them were Keontae Scott. Uh, I think one of them uh, – who was the other one? It, it was So, Jay Fair was the one that lost it last game, but there was another one that I'm missing out on. Uh, was it Javarius? Javarius uh, did it earlier in the game. Yep. And it goes back to my other point. I think it's time that we just establish Keontae Scott starting punt returner, which we already know. Jalen Simpson, Simpson should go in, not to return the punt, but to just catch it. Because Jalen Simpson is a wide receiver that plays defense. And he will catch that ball. And he will not I drop. I disagree it. with that, by the way. Yeah, I, I think it. I think it works perfectly. You play it, punt, punt safe, punt return safe. You just get it, and don't run it. I trust Jalen Simpson out in open space, but I also don't want him getting hurt in that situation because I think Jay Simp is awesome and could be playing himself into a first round for the next NFL draft. But overall, these terms got to stop. And you're you were averaging two terms a game against. Uh, against an FCS team, a, a, a UMass team who's not very good, and a Cal team who is middle of the pack of the Pac-12, but also bottom of the middle of the pack. These are not things that sh- can happen against the next three opponents. I would even go further beyond and say this cannot happen against the next nine opponents. Uh, you just got to lock it down. Yeah. Uh, four stupid passes. I get you want to show off that arm, I, that you want to show everybody that Peyton Thorne is the guy, and he did. But... I need to uh, check downs, throw the ball out of bounds, hold onto the football, catch the punt, do these things, and you will not turn over the ball. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're, I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, gentlemen, I don't think I have a ton to add on that other than I'm going to ratify your next nine opponent statement and say your next seven opponents because you've been able to get away with it against these, you know, like Colin mentioned earlier, they, and you mentioned Dylan, inferior opponents, and you still play New Mexico State, and holy shit, Mississippi State looks horrible. Uh, Vanderbilt does not look as good as I thought they were going to be. Yeah, they they, they, they look bad. They I thought Vanderbilt could have been competitive if they actually, but I just don't think they play defense anymore. Like UNLV made them look like high school. Daniel, did you catch that sentence from from Dylan? Vanderbilt could have been more competitive. They just would have end of sentence changed thought. Like like maybe play just defense. like just like not played football. I don't know. Right? Yeah, if, if they like studied from the tests instead, I felt they would have like done a little bit better a lot yesterday. But I mean, yeah. Vanderbilt still could be a team that could like cause some issues. Mississippi State also look, does not look very good. New Mexico State, not very good. Uh, so you got a couple of tuna games uh, left on your season. Uh, knock on wood. So I don't end up on uh, Will Arnett's uh, uh, wall that he likes to throw F-bombs up, uh, up on on live TV. Uh, but looking – and I think we play Ole Miss next after, George, after LSU, right? It, go, it goes A&M, Georgia, bye week, LSU, Ole Miss. Ole Miss almost slipped around against my Yellow Jackets, by the way. Just putting that out. I, I told you. I told you. They they are the most fraudulent team 
Nope. Right behind Colorado. Nope. nope. Right behind nope. Colorado. I need you to give this to me, Dylan. I need you to tell me that Ole Miss is still really good, and that was signs of growth in Georgia Tech, and we're going to move forward because I need that in my mental capacity. I can't. I can't lie to you. I can't. I just don't think this Ole Miss team is as good as Ole Miss fans think it is. All right. Let's also just briefly sidebar. This is. I'm sorry, guys. I have to throw this out there. Haynes King's playing good football, but let's move forward. He um, is. I'm that's shocked. crazy. That's absolutely. We are very. If you told me, if you told me, I'd be saying that in in 2023 after what I saw the last couple of years of Haynes King, I would have. I would be like. Am I on drugs? Bro's playing just like good football right now. Anyways. Might be the best quarterback George Tech's ever had. It's time. <laughs> I'm not said that stri- I said that strictly to see that face. That's exactly what I wanted to see after saying that. <laughs> I didn't know you didn't say that. I just know you didn't say that. Anyways. Taquan Marshall's going to find you. Anyways. <laughs> All right. Game grades, folks. Time for the College Loop game grades. We're going to go. Offensive grade, defensive grade, overall. We'll give them all three at one time as we go around, right? So we're not going to just go through in the willy-nilly bowl, whatever. That way, one, it's easier for graphics, and two, be, you know, all that beyond. That's really the main reason. Daniel Locke, let's uh, let's open it up with you. Miss, miss, the Locksmith. What are the Locksmith's grades for week three against Sanford in a emphatic victory? There we go. That's the word I was going to go for. Emphatic victory for the Tigers. Where are you grading offense, defense, and overall? Um, defense B plus. Um, offense. Hmm. We'll go with a B. And on overall, I guess that I guess that rounds out to a B. A plus. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah, you should be like C, C minus, A plus on the overall though, and just let people figure out the math. <laughs> you, you do your own math. I've had some profs like that, by the way. Colin Byersdorf, <laughs> your uh, your your game grades. Yeah, um, defense. I'll, I'll give a solid B. Um, I think they played well. Um, offense. I think we saw a step in the right direction, but we was, as we as we've talked about uh, running, kind of left stuff to be desired this game. I'm say. C plus, and then so overall, I'll give a B minus for our Auburn Tigers. I like that. I'm gonna be a little generous this week. I'm gonna go B's across the board. I'm gonna make it nice and nice and simple. Uh, B offense, B defense, B overall. I will say though, this run defense has impressed me week to week, like impre- improvement week to week. Granted, not equal level opponents, hard to hard to um, judge week to week, but. We'll see on, on Saturday, this upcoming Saturday, rather, um, what, what that what that looks like. I was overall pretty impressed. Um, I think Auburn's in better – I can confidently tell you Auburn's in better shape now than they were going into UMass. Like, I, I, I feel good about that. So, um, B's across the board for, for Tar. Dylan. Uh, I'm going to give the defense a wave to be minus. Uh, the chunk plays, not getting pressure to the quarterback. Uh, that weighs into effect here. D, DBs look great. Jalen Simpson, awesome as always. Still predict, I predict him to lead the Auburn in. Defense touchdowns and interceptions. He is still doing that, by the way. Just put that out there. Uh, and is yeah, the chunk plays and quarterback pressures are, are what's getting me. Uh, offense, I have a B plus. As Colin said, it left a lot to be desired, but still showed a lot of signs of improvement. I need to see the run game. I need to see it. Uh, and I need to see that I can get four total quarters of of Peyton, good Peyton Thorne. And I will say, first quarter wise, they only had one drive in the first quarter. Throw it out there. Uh, but the last half of that second quarter is when I finally saw Peyton Thorne step up and show me uh, that he is the starting quarterback. 
Uh, and then overall, uh, with a B plus and a B minus, I think that just averaged out to a B. There we go. I like that. Also, important to mention, just backtracking just a second, Sanford chewed the hell out of the clock, by the way, which is fine. That's yeah, they, fine. I, I actually, as a spectator, have no complaints. on that. On that I, the game was still three hours because TV timeouts. Yeah, I can't hear you. I, my favorite text I've received all football season was uh, I was chatting back and forth with Will Root, friend of the program. And he goes, I'm sorry, I can't hear you over my three-minute commercial break. And that made me laugh way harder than it should have. You know what I mean? Like, I've never seen it. But I was, I've never seen it. Like, they kept bringing up how Sam – I rewatched the game. Uh, and Aaron Murray, for whatever he's worth as a commentator, kept bringing up how Sanford runs an air raid attack. And I've never seen an air raid attack just trip so much clock. Yeah, it was wild. By, by, by running the ball. It was like if Paul Johnson created the air raid attack. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah, like, it was wild. Like, it was an air raid. Does not, I thought air raid was more throwing the ball, like, I don't know, down the field, not across the field, and just running the ball. Let's also not forget it was modified for Auburn, you know, things that really them just trying things against stronger defenses, whatever. I, but still, I thought that was really funny. I was like, this is like the fact if you don't have three minute TV timeouts, I mean, if even if they're just two minute TV timeouts, that game loses 30 minutes. It's almost like the problem with the, with, the game's going on forever. It's not the game itself. That's crazy. That's yeah, why new, new, new clock rules suck. By the way, I'm, I'm, I, just, I'm just putting it out there. They suck. I, like at first, I didn't really notice it. On t- you don't notice it when you're watching on TV, but you notice it when you're at the game. Yeah, they suck. And then it's like, okay, well, the first quarter ended. Okay, well, we're still gonna. It's like it's like in soccer when you do extra times after yep. the game of what you missed. It's it's like that. You're just like, okay, well, I just missed out on like. Five extra minutes of of the game of the first quarter. Whoa! Here, let's watch this guy with a five minute timer on the field and see when we're actually we're going to get back to the second quarter. Yeah, and and the it's just killing TOPs. Like time of possession is crazy right now. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's murdering it. But that being said, let's get into our fan questions. I can guys, can I open this up by going off the rails and just getting people excited? Sure. Because this is going to come up in the comment section. I know our fan base, or our, not fan base, that's a wild way to put it, our listenership. I know our, I know our listeners. I know our loop enthusiasts. And I know this is coming up. And I, and I love it. I, I think it's very funny. Um, this has nothing in, directly to do with Auburn. Um, but let's go ahead and address the literal elephant in the room and, and talk about the fact that people are getting giddy about coming down the stretch because Alabama looked really, really bad on Saturday. I mean, um, I'll go deeper. I'll go deeper. Georgia didn't look good either. Yeah. Well, yeah. At the end of the game, they remember they were Georgia. Like, you have been so trauma dumped by Georgia. You got to admit they did not look good. I can't. I, I don't have it in me. Um, you, need, I, you need therapy. I probably yeah. You need uh, to sit yeah. down and tell and tell the nice man where what Georgia did to you. <laughs> show, show me on the doll what Georgia did to you. Like, <laughs> like that that might not be far off. Like. Like that was bad, and it would just be like me pointing at the head and like my mental like help. Yeah, exactly. You watch the attack. Like, actually, can you draw eyes on it so I can show you where I cried? (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah, it would be bad. Yeah. Um, Alabama looked really bad on Saturday, and people are getting really giddy. I wanted to take a minute here, and if you're if you're hanging out in the chat, please feel free to overreact along with I'm sure Dylan, and and remind people that this is still only week three, and Alabama still found a way to win. That being said, against the team that won one game last year, fellas, 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 there are more than one position groups that I think Auburn head to head is better than the University of Alabama this year. I'll start off with quarterback. I was about to say, and I'd probably start with quarterback and wide receivers. And that Alabama offensive line and the O line (laughs) is really, really bad. Now, their defense 
is better than I than than maybe anticipated. Yeah, but that offensive line is really bad, which serves well for this front seven for Auburn, which might also be kind of bad. <laughs> like there, there are there are some similarities. All this to say, I just want to throw this out and get people riled up before we go through fan comments. Iron Bowl might get weird, like we've known that, but like it might get really weird. Um, hey, two two out of the four of us picked Auburn to win the Iron Bowl, by the way. Yeah, I know. Um, just saying, this can be the highest or lowest scoring Iron Bowl this year, and I don't think there's anywhere in the in between. It'd be hard to get up to the 99 points that was already scored, uh, I think, in 2015. I just don't know that it would be that hard. I just don't know. Like, I, this, I, it could be the highest or the lowest scoring Iron Bowl or the hardest one to watch, which that that might be on my bingo card. That that seems more reasonable. I don't think Tyler Buck, the Tyler Buckner, Jalen Milrow, uh, and Ty Simpson experiment is going to put up uh, more than 30 points a game. Yeah. Because uh, this looks that, – that offense looks bad. Uh, you have the running backs are lacking names. Uh, and I, I know that Jay, uh, Jay, uh, what's his name? McClellan, Jace McClellan. He, he has flashes of being good, but this is not the album and teams of Derrick Henry and, and whatever Mark Ingram was. I still think Mark Ingram shouldn't have won the Heisman. That should have been, uh, Toby Gerhardt, right. uh, and Trent Richardson and Ada Lacey. This is not that running back room. You, you don't have even a, a Josh, a Josh Jacobs back there, a guy who was a bench warmer until he actually got on the field. Right. There's not a name that would strike the fear in defenses like there used to be. There's not a name in this wide receiver room. If Jermaine Burton's your number one wide receiver, you're doing something wrong. Right. He, he's not good. He's just not good. Uh, his highlight uh, – I'm not going to say it. Never mind. Uh, he's, he's not proven to be a Bama wide receiver that we should be feared about. DJ James is going to lock him up. DJ James is going to shut him up. And his offensive line, I'm giving I'm giving Nick Saban all the all the locker room material he needs. I don't care. I will say it to his face. I'll look down at him and say it. The O line's bad. JC Latham might go down as one of the biggest busts in Bama recruiting history. That's possible because he looks bad. There's no tight ends that are. There's no OJ. Not OJ Simpson. Uh, OJ. Whoa. Whoa. OJ, OJ Howard. <laughs> yeah, there's no OJ Howard. This offense, it goes back to Nick Saban just not hiring the right coordinators. Tommy Rees should not have been on on Saban's hire list. Kevin Steele should not have been on his hire list. Uh, he he did not improve from going for Pete Golding. He didn't. And I mean, Lane Kiffin's getting the butt end of that right now too because Pete Golding not a good defensive coordinator. Kevin Steele, also not a good defensive coordinator. We saw what he did in Miami last year when Middle Tennessee State went in there and threw for five hundred yards. Tommy Rees, not a proven OC. Nick Saban, and I've heard, I love the Bama fans on Twitter saying, oh, well, Nick, Nick Saban's gotten soft. And it's like, make Nick Saban mean again. Nick Saban is, I think he's starting to understand that he's on the latter part of his of his uh, tenure at Alabama. That mansion in Florida is looking very nice to him right now. Uh, he gets to live a happy life for the rest of his life with him and Terry. Yeah, i got to stop you now. Yeah, we're I fully totally yeah, disagree. Yeah, with now, now, we're talking, now we're talking. Now we're talking. Saban is not making to the end of his contract. He's not making twenty eight. That's okay. All right, he's gonna coach till he's done coaching. Dylan period. and I are going to mute ourselves as I ask you guys. Well, that's not true. I got to stay on the mic so I can ask you guys, Daniel and Colin, questions here. We're getting we're getting strictly fan questions now. Is anyone upset slash disappointed that Auburn did not play Holden Gurner this game? This is from Todd Jordan. Todd, thank you for the comment. 
Open to Daniel and or Colin, not open to myself or Dylan. I mean, um, no. I mean, th- sometimes the third string quarterback doesn't get in. Sorry. I mean, it's just it's not really a big deal. Yeah, I'm not super upset by it either. Uh, maybe when we're we're up late in in the fourth quarter, he gets a drive. Um, but I don't know if I've seen him him earn that playing time yet, especially when when Thorne and Ashford are, are playing the way they are right now. I think they summed it up. That, that was great. Perfect. Uh, Teresa had a comment here. I think that was uh, actually really good to expand on. If Thorne does, uh, doesn't learn to slide, Robbie's probably going to get some serious time because Thorne is going to get hurt. <laughs> I mean, when you throw he, it's what's the meme going on with Josh Allen where he just doesn't slide anymore. He decides to jump over whoever's in front of him. That's what Peyton Thorne's about to start doing. Uh, and uh, every time he runs the ball, it's immediately like, okay, he's going to take a hit here, and that's not a good thing to do. Don't do that. Yeah. He's giving me like Joe Flacco vibes. I was, thinking, I was about to say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I great don't want, I, ne- I never want, I don't care. These one Super Bowl. I don't care. I never want my quarterbacks to ever be compared to Joe Flacco ever again. Okay. I'm going to read this. I've read this. Hi. Read this. I, the grammar in this already threw me off. Sorry. No offense, Habersham, Jim. Um, ah, you do know, I think that's her, ah, or I don't know. You do know the coaching staff could be playing possum. Colin, Daniel, that one's open to y'all's interpretation. I think this uh, is in terms of in relation to game planning and schematics and uh, like that, that's all you, Colin. Um, I think we're starting to see less and less of that. Um, obviously, there's still stuff that we've not shown uh, heading into SEC play. But I think what we saw uh, this week against Samford is a lot of what we're going to see uh, going throughout the season. Yeah, that, that sums up. Daniel, this one. This is from Teresa. She mentioned that Vandy, Mississippi State, and New Mexico State are three games to a bowl. Anything else will be awesome. Do you expect – I'm going to expand on this one for – Six and six feels like a lock now, right? Like they're we're we're not overly concerned at that point, right? Well, I'll take you back to my freshman year when Auburn was six and two, and it felt like a New Year's Six Bowl was a lock. Um, so no, uh, not a lock. There are no locks except me. I'm the only lock. Um, <laughs> New Year's Six is different than the Birmingham Bowl. They should, right? I- uh, should beat Vandy, sure. Hold on. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. I'm going to say lock. I'm going to say there's two locks now. There's a lock for Auburn in a bowl, and there's a Daniel lock. Um, <laughs> I, I think you're you're beating New Mexico State. Um, I think you're going to go into Vandy's house and beat Vandy. Um, for Vandy's the, house. For, for, yeah, for the eighth uh, Auburn home game <laughs> of the season. Um, and I think Mississippi State's going to finish last in the West. So. Is is there a way to finish eighth in the West before Texas and Oklahoma get here? Like I, I because, there won't be a West. Yeah, that's right. That's that's right. You're not you're not wrong. But like, is there a way when there's only seven teams to still finish eighth? Because I think Mississippi State is really on that train. Yeah, they they're not looking great. Um, they look it's, bad. It's just the way it is. I mean, well, to the second second quarter, uh, uh, Mississippi State in this new new year offense where they're able to run the ball and also to the air raid, they were averaging, uh, I think 0. 0.6 yards per play. Yeah, that's yeah. Pretty bad. 
pretty very bad. Pretty pretty bad. Um, I'm throwing up my favorite comment of the day, um, and this is maybe one of my favorite comments ever. Maximum effort said Thorne thinking he's Shane Falco, and that is an elite reference to one of the greatest football movies ever. Um, I have the shirt that says Pain Heels, Chick Stick, Chick Stick Scars, Glory Last Forever, Falco on the back. Fantastic. Excellent. I've, the, I've yet to have seen the replacements. I need to see it. Oh, you need to. Yeah, that's that's a film. That is that that's one of the films of all time. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, I won't say it's a great movie, but it's pretty funny. It's pretty good. <laughs> all things considered, fellas. Uh, Colin, to expand on your, your comment about um about Auburn lock as a lock for a bowl game. I agree. Um, like you said, the eighth Auburn home game up in Vanderbilt, I don't particularly think will be close. Um we, is that kind of the Cal game? No, this is gonna be worse than the Cal game. Like for the for the home team for the home. Well, team. No, like count, counting up the home games, we were counting Cal too, right? Because I saw. Do you see their attendance? Yeah. I guess for kickoff last week or yesterday, they uh-huh. have like Cal had like a thousand fans in the stands against uh, yesterday. Yeah, like, no, I know. Uh, but Cal still had more fans than Auburn in the Auburn Cal game. I, I, the, the aerial camera did not particularly lie. Um, but Auburn traveled fantastically well as we expected them to. You got you to adjust for the distance travel. <laughs> oh, certainly. Absolutely. I'm not, I'm not, airfare's expensive. Like I wanted to go to that game. I couldn't, but like, I wanted to go to that game and the yeah, airfare was yeah. a hindering factor for sure. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not dissing anybody, but I'm with you. I'm with you, Mr. Byersdorf. Um, and Daniel, I get it. Daniel has, uh, has mentioned the fact that Auburn fans should have trust issues because they've seen a six and two team go to a, um, eventually go to a Birmingham bowl and lose to Houston. And Dana Holgerson's horrible mullet, bad mullet, very bad mullet. Um, there are good mullets. That's not one of them. Where does where does Quinn Ewers uh, last year rank on that? <sighs> bad. That was bad mullet. That was really. Well, Dana's problem. He's also balding. That's his issue. He just needs to either just accept it or don't. Has anyone mentioned the fact that Peyton Thorne has a mullet? Yeah, I think it's left better left unspoken. No, it's a good mullet. No, it's Peyton- a good mullet. Peyton Thorne has a good mullet. He's got, he's got the, the perm mullet going on. Yeah, is, yeah. Oh, good, for, good sure. for sure. For um, sure. I'm a qualified to judge on people's mullets because I at one point had one. So, And he got forced to shave it. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. Uh, I didn't shave it. I just cut it. It's cut bad. it. And you shave the mullet. <sighs> it was a sad day in my life. But anyways, I, I digress. <laughs> this has been the College Loop Reaction Show live stream. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Make sure you like, subscribe, and ring the bell. If you haven't picked up a Feeling Loopy t-shirt, please make sure to do, show, to do so. Hello. Hi, I'm tired. Um, hashtag Feeling Loopy. Use it on Twitter when you get your shirt. Send us a selfie. We'll put it up on the show, put it up on the live stream, whatever makes you happy. We appreciate you guys' support. Call and tell everybody where they can find you, love you, and support you. Yeah, you know, follow my Twitter, um, at Colin. That's B-E-Y-E-R-S-D-O-R-F, Colin. Mr. Locke. Um, you can follow me on Twitter or X at Daniel J. Locke. That's D-A-N-I-E-L, the letter J-L-O-C-K-E. Uh, written work over at 1819 News, or the Auburn Daily, or Braves Today, if you want to check that out. And uh, between now and the next time, go Patriots. <laughs> That's right. There you go. I'm Air Centaur, ad by Air Centaur on the Bird app, on Instagram, whatever threads x whatever you want to use you can come hang out with me there some of your hot takes there i just turned my notifications back on for twitter so i'll be able to hear you uh, that was a long um, detox process and it was certainly necessitated i say all that like i mentioned before thank you guys so much for the outpouring support let's see if we get the 600 by the texas a&m game we're at 584 on youtube i just checked it out for subscribers the number one way you can support us colin do you know the number one way people can support us i think i think it's that they they feel a little loopy well actually they go to the 
you don't even have to buy the shirt. I was just going to say hit the damn subscribe button. Well, yeah, that helps too. But that, <laughs> no, that number two way you can support us is – go ahead, Colin. Buy, buy the damn shirt. Feel loopy. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was going to have this whole lead in. I really screwed the pooch for Colin. I'm really sorry, dude. I'm really sorry. Um, yeah, like Colin said, make sure you grab your feeling loopy shirt. I'm sorry, Colin. I really – from the bottom, bottom of my heart, man. I appreciate you and I love you, dog. Dylan, tell everybody where they can uh, find you, love you, and support you, and then get us out of here, my man. Love to everybody. Everybody have a safe week. We will talk to you guys again on Tuesday. Yeah, of course, I'm Dylan Lark at you boy the Tank on Twitter slash X. It redirects. It's just right there at you boy the Tank at Y-A-B-O-Y, the Tank. And, of course, you got me on Instagram at Dylan Lark, D-Y-L-A-N-L-A-R-C-K. And of course, you have a strike on the college loop. Like, comment, and subscribe. Leave your thoughts. Leave your leave your overall grades on yesterday's win over Sanford, or whatever you're listening to this. I'm sure uh, two days ago, five, four, three, three days ago, four days ago, five days ago. If you're watching this the day after Texas A&M, let us know how they played against Sanford. Still, you know why not? <laughs> Just show out. And of course, you have us on again Twitter slash X, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook, all at the College Loop. And all of that being said, thank you, Teresa, for hitting that like button. This has been the College Loop post-game reaction show. And where's the ending? There it is. It's somewhere.